0: I think I can sum up the show for you with one word,
1: nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting, Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis.
2: He's the wiz!
3: and nobody beats him.
1: This is the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the New Age Insiders Network.
3: Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 55, presented by BDA There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, What's your Wrestling Podcast About? I said, Nothing. We said nothing, and thankfully they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, he is Groot, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. And you
4: can get your uh, Irresistible Force Immovable Object t-shirt on whatamover.net.
3: Yes. The, the, last- the Kingpin store, yeah. The last time we did a Facebook Live, you started off with a nice plug. You
4: got, you got to plug your stuff.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> Getting right to it here. We are, once again, on Facebook Live uh, to start the podcast. And thank you, everyone, who's on Facebook.com slash the WPAN. And it's a little earlier in the morning. We're recording Sunday morning for tomorrow. Well,
4: it's not early anymore. It's 1030. You, you've wasted a sufficient amount of time now. Steph's going to walk in the door with the kids at any moment and interrupt our recording.
3: That'll be, uh, that'll be great for the podcast. It'll be uh, pandemonium gone wild. <laughs> nothing wrong with that the kid the cable burst into tears like he did when i first walked in
4: well i've told them all about you so oh.
3: <laughs> my uh my what my you can't talk anymore no i can't i can't talk and <laughs> people are gonna see this now and I, i'm gonna edit this out to make it sound like i am completely coherent but uh my re- but it's out there live on, on the <laughs> it internet is my reputation precedes me that's the what people, i was gonna say people
4: know mike they the people know
3: they they found me out i'm a fraud Complete fraud. <laughs> <laughs> well, today on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on the NAI Network, we'll be analyzing the state of WWE NXT with our good friend Connor, a.k.a. OK Fabe. Plus, we've got your promo about nothing and a whole lot more. But first, we are live on... On Facebook, Facebook.com/slash WPAN, and uh, we want to talk to people. We want to see if they have anything to say out there. I know Mike Mills from Booking the Territory is giving us an extremely hard time, as always, playing the heel as he does so well.
4: Playing the heel, the Southern heel. I don't think he's playing anything. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, if you ask me, if you ask me, he's uh, he he seems like a decent guy behind the scenes, but when the uh, <laughs> the red light goes on, he's. Uh, Coming straight for the throat.
4: Hey, Stephen Page, one of our one of our winners of the uh, curtain the, jerker, the, vo- the voicemail contest, got himself a uh, curtain jerker T-shirt. Uh, maybe we shouldn't see how the ma- magic is made. We see how uncomfortable Brian is with Mike. What does uh, that
3: mean? You're comfortable with me, aren't you?
4: <laughs> well, you're the one that's
3: usually uncomfortable. A little bit. Want a hug? No, I don't want to hug. Oh, okay. Don't touch me. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Brian, you had a big weekend, right? You uh, had a Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling in Western Massachusetts. Yeah,
4: and you made me get up early today uh, for you to come over to my house. And uh, we couldn't record yesterday. Apparently, you're very busy. So, I have to adjust my busy schedule to accommodate your life of leisure.
3: Well, I figured... It was your wife's birthday yesterday, so why don't I leave you guys alone for the day and do this on Sunday? I barely saw
4: her. <laughs> oh my god.
3: Oh, brother. Are you you're going to make it up to her today though, right?
4: I don't know, depends on what time you get your ass out of my house. <laughs> we had to I had to ship had to ship her out this morning so we could record the podcast.
3: Oh my god. All right, so we should probably get going with the show, Brian.
4: Paul is on. What's up, Paul? Paul is on checking in on Facebook. I I uh, used to work for Paul is a great promotion out in out in.
3: I did too. Le- R- lethal lethal Pro Wrestling, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I was there. They had the six sided ring.
4: Yes, yes, they did.
3: And and you did a blindfold match, right? Is that you?
4: <laughs> Me and Brian Fury. <laughs> There's a picture of it somewhere of both of us with the the up sacks over our over our head or whatever.
3: And uh, how'd that turn out for you?
4: that was, it was a good match was <laughs> yes wow brian if brian fury's still out there brian fury can vouch for this
3: that was a very good match unbelievable yeah i don't i don't know you know what to say the the uh what, history me having a
4: good why is me having yeah. a good match so shocking Well, the you. history
3: of blindfold matches is a little bit uh you know it's not the well, best h- here's
4: the thing mike i'm friggin' good at
3: professional wrestling <laughs> I mean, I'll give you that much. I'll give you that much. But blindfold—that's a whole different. Uh, that's a horse i'm color.
4: So, I'm so good at this. I can do it blindfolded. That's how good I am. <laughs>
3: could you ref blindfolded? If I could see through the blindfold like you could, <laughs> I Maybe. couldn't see through the blindfold. You couldn't, you couldn't see through the blindfold.
4: Very, 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 very little. They were like legitimate. Like it was very hard to see. I was petrified of falling out of the ring.
3: <laughs> yeah the, the ring wasn't that big
4: no 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 the, the six-sided ring was very very small so
3: yeah if you like did a suplex from one corner to the other it, like you know you'd, your legs would hit the ropes basically it was a uh,
4: stephen page talking about it wasn't it wasn't a sex toy company that i worked for i mentioned a previous <laughs> job i had where i worked in a, a warehouse that had some adult novelties uh, we <laughs> sold them we didn't make them <laughs> that's yes
3: and we didn't test them either we didn't test them either.
4: You used to test the butt beads. <laughs> we can edit that out. That, that can be a uh, that can, that, can, that can be a Facebook live special exclusive. for Facebook Live.
3: All right, we, we're getting the sex toy stuff, and we're losing all the people. We're uh, the people are the people are bailing out. So we should uh, we should bail out on Facebook now and go back to the rest of the podcast here. Thank you very much, everyone on Facebook Live. Thanks for joining us. If you're watching, if you haven't liked the page facebook.com slash the wpan please like it please share it share our podcasts on facebook on twitter everywhere else uh, really appreciate you guys taking interest in this podcast and thank you very much and how do i end this
4: thanks for nothing
3: <laughs> there you go all right brian so let's get into the topic at hand we've got someone standing by so let's get into this right now Joining us on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing is a fellow wrestling content provider, Brian. Did you know that's what we are? We're content providers.
0: Content providers?
3: Yes. We provide content for the people. Okay. Well, anyway... This man is on OneWrestling.com, he, he does stuff with WrestleZone, he produces videos for YouTube, I think still, and VidMe, he does audio on Podbean, he does so much stuff, and what he does actually is pro wrestling talk with a comedy twist, he is a great friend of the podcast, it's Connor, aka OK Fabe. hello
2: Connor! How's it going? Yeah, I guess content creator or provider is the best, although I sound like a cable subscription service when I get called myself <laughs> that, but yes, I'm doing good. Glad to be here.
3: Great. So let's, before we get into anything here, we're going to talk a little NXT, the state of NXT as a whole. Um, mm. Let's talk about YouTube. I talked to you about this privately and I'm still trying to figure out what's going on with YouTube stealing everyone's money.
2: Yeah, that's... um. It's definitely a, a change in the environment for sure because uh, there. So everything
3: okay oh, back there, Connor?
2: Yeah, my little one. Go figure. As soon as we start here, starts uh, <laughs> starts screaming her head off. Go figure. But um, she she's calming down now. Uh, no, the the state of YouTube's definitely different. It's definitely in a state of limbo right now. And <laughs> sorry guys, <laughs> one <laughs> that's second. Go no no figure. Jeez. <laughs> I swear she knows like when I need to do stuff. I I swear she knows. Holy cow. So YouTube is definitely in a, I'm not even an expert on this. I'll be the first one to admit that I'm not an expert in YouTube, but I have at least a general understanding of what's going on with the, not just the YouTube content creators, but specifically also wrestling related content creators as well too. And, And that's, kind of the situation it's kind of a scary unknown time for youtube and there's there's a lot of uncertainty a lot of fear uh, a lot of overall concern so essentially what's happened is that through you know without getting into too much detail uh most of youtube revenue comes from advertisers so those lovely ads that you try to like sit through for 15 seconds or you can't wait for that skip ad button to click yes most of, yeah it's it those are fun cuz uh, or if you have ad blocker that gets rid of the problem completely but a good chunk of YouTube content creators' content come from ads, and so what happened was a lot not too long ago. A bunch of major advertisers stumbled upon a video. Well, uh, long story short, it was of an ISIS extremist video, and it was not too uh, friendly, obviously. Yes. And there was a Coca-Cola ad that played right before it. Oh, God. So you, yeah, so you can understand that that was not necessarily a great thing to find out about from an advertiser's perspective. So what happened was a lot of major advertisers started realizing that, hey, our ads are just playing like these – like the the partnership program with YouTube where ads can play on what videos and when. It's just the wild, wild west. And so a majority of top uh, advertising companies, I believe McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Pepsi are the top ones I know of off the top of my head. Ah, uh, pulled their advertiser uh, budget from YouTube, which means that the monetary amount that you'd be getting on an advertise advertisers for like major companies has taken a major hit. i've I've heard people lose up to seventy percent of what they usually make from advertiser revenue. Um, on top of that, wrestling specifically was deemed unadvertiser friendly. So not just like guys from, like myself or you guys who like talk about wrestling from a general perspective, but also, companies that put like matches on YouTube for or like preview matches, um, you know, like, you know, beyond wrestling, which is, yeah, I know. I, I remember seeing Beyond's Twitter and they were just, and, and, and rightfully so they were, they were livid, they were worried. So that, that part, I'm not too, too, like not, not, I don't know too much about as far as that end, but apparently that like specifically wrestling was deemed unadvertiser friendly from the, uh, youtube community which is of course just got everybody like up in arms like well there goes that I'm like geez so that's kind of where things are right now and still like not 100 percent sure what's going on
3: well you're still doing uh videos for youtube you're doing videos for vidme you're posting audio on podbean now so you're all over the place we can find you on youtube.com slash okay faber is it the same on vidme i'm not sure i'm not sure what the address would be for vidme I, I, e-
2: yeah, it's just vidme.com slash okfave. That one I could actually keep the original name for some weird reason. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm pretty much all over the place right now and just dumping content wherever I can, because after all, I am a content provider.
3: Yes, you certainly are. And we're going to provide some content today about NXT. The Well, they say originally it was the developmental system for the WWE. Now they say it's the third brand. So NXT is kind of in a state of flux right now. You know, it was the first actual live event on the WWE Network that was... The first special NXT arrival on February 27th, 2014. And, you know, you had guys like Adrian Neville was the champion. Tyler Breeze, Page, The Ascension was the big tag team in NXT. You know, of course, now a lot of guys have been called up. Finn Balor, late last year, before he was hurt, was called up. And this year, Samoa Joe and Nakamura, which was your main event for the good portion of 2016. That is now... On the main roster. So definitely uh, some growing pains, I think, for NXt at this point. Connor, when it comes to NXt, what do you think was the best period? Have we seen the best period yet, or was there a a ceiling for NXt? It's hard
2: to say because NXt is still going on. It's not like it's done and over with. so i, I... This was something that I was worried about after the brand split happened again. Yes. Because you lost a lot of talent pretty quick. Where before, you know, you got a couple people called up and they were kind of scattered throughout. But, I mean, even before the brand split, I remember they called up Baron Corbin, Apollo Crews, Dana Brooke, and the Vaude villains all, like, within a week. Like, they like right after WrestleMania 32. And then then the brand split happened, like, for, for, what, a couple months later, and you lost Finn Balor, you lost Alexa Bliss, you lost, um, I'm trying to think, Nia Jax, I'm trying to think whoever uh, you know, American Alpha. There was a lot of talent that they, they snagged from that as well, too. So it's, it, they, NXT lost a lot of talent in just less than six months. So th- I was worried that they would have a problem regrowing talent, not that they wouldn't be able to do it effectively, but just how quickly they could do it, which um you know it was a lot of companies problem. that was ecw's problem back in the back in the day as well too and, and wcw's to some extent but um do i think we've seen the best of it i think that you i definitely agree with you in saying that there's a res- like there's a there's a refresh right now um you know they they just lost nakamura ty dillinger the revival so it's it's just a matter of them trying to regrow their divisions again and recreating or or rebuilding stars that's the big thing is that you know finding out who they can push and who who they can make draws because at the end of the day if you even if you look at NXT as a developmental it's still it's still a business they do live events now they do live touring they do you know they sell tickets they have to create draws in order for NXT to thrive as a brand and a and a, and a you know, playground more or less for them to you know eventually call up talent from so i don't know if we've seen the best but i definitely I agree with you in saying that uh we're definitely in a
3: rebuilding phase for sure right i, I was taking a look back at some of the old takeover events and i think i My mean how
2: the times have changed
3: <laughs> yes yeah definitely uh you look back to december 11th 2014 which is NXT R evolution which was I mean, just a strange name, but let's just get past that. Uh, It was Kevin Owens' debut against CJ Parker. Finn Balor had his first match, a tag team match, teaming with the day with Tommy against the Ascension. And it was the first match ever between Charlotte and Sasha Banks. I mean, that was a big show for, for NXT. And Malonis, do you think that was kind of the height or have we seen the best of NXT yet?
4: Well, I mean, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I think I think uh, so far, I guess that would be the the height. Although, I mean, you're still talking pre Samoa Joe, the the uh, I don't know if explosion of Finn Balor is the right way to describe it, but for lack of a better term, explosion of Finn Balor, Shinsuke Nakamura. I, I don't know. I think it's an evolving thing. I think it's I don't I don't buy into the whole this is their third brand thing. I still think it's like it's something they can make money with. It's something they can tour with, but it's ultimately to get guys ready to go up to the main roster, and it, it won't be a true third brand. Now, if they get a TV deal for NXT, then I'll buy into this is their this is the third brand. But ultimately, I still think the 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 goal of NXT is to get guys ready to to move up to the main roster, which will expose them to. The entire uh, WWE universe, if we're using terminology here, uh, as opposed to just the segment that tunes in on the network.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they kind of uh, expose themselves when they say, you know, we're sending someone to the main roster. I mean, it's it's there is a jump there. It's not a level playing field for NXT. It's definitely, I mean, it, yeah, it's at the end of the day, it's developmental. You're you're starting guys from scratch. Um, it's a place where. You go to develop, to make mistakes, to learn, you know, to grow as a performer. And, I mean, it's it's developmental. There's no way around it. They can say it's a third brand, and, yes, they do make some money. I don't think they probably recoup the money they put into the performance center and, and the whole thing of touring and all that stuff. I don't think they get that money back. Uh, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it's a losing money proposition but uh you don't have to worry about that because they have you know a huge i, I think if you
4: look at it in a vacuum it's a losing money proposition but once people get to the main roster and start really drawing money for them it, ultimately it's a revenue it's, producer for them
3: it's more than an investment really right right right. yeah i'm not saying there's something wrong with the formula they worked out here but it's just yeah um I said that our evolution could be the height. I think it's there it was this kind of the start. I mean, as you illustrated, kind of Brian, you know, this is pre Joe pre-Nakamura. Uh, this was kind of the beginning of the kind of renaissance of NXT. The whole Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn thing, which really, uh, you know, carried them through 2015. When you talk about like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, you're talking about the guys coming in from the outside, guys that are not developed there in nxt connor do you see the fact that they haven't i mean they've made a couple of stars but the fact that they have to pull guys in from the indies from other promotions to main event the nxt shows do you think that's an issue not necessarily it's that that's a tough one i
2: i think it's just smart business in some regards because nowadays you have fans who are so die hard and know about the product and know about you know uh the wrestlers fall you know you can you can it's kind of funny when you see guys who are called to, to nxt or go to nxt or go to the main roster and, and some of them you know their names they they change their names radically because WWE wants to keep the co- the, the property rights but um uh, they still have a following and so i think that it's just smart business that if people want to come to wwe it's kind of like a it's kind of like a like you know uh pros and cons to it. Like, okay, you can come to dev to be, but you can help us grow NXT first because that hopefully will bring that following with them. Um, and then, you know, elevate NXT's maybe visibility status, et cetera, and so forth. But on the flip side of that, I do see your point about like growing homegrown talent because realistically, I was actually thinking about this when we were, you know, getting ready to do this, this show that the only one I can think of that has had like decent, I want say decent success. Cause that's, you know, air quotes, you can't see that, but, um, who has had notable success as far as someone who hasn't had indie experience. The one name I can really pop into my mind is Baron Corbin as far as right now. But everybody else for the most part has had, you know, as far as the main, you know, NXT call ups recently has had their foot in some sort of you know in like some like Ring of Honor or the indie scene or wherever. So I, I personally just think of it as a smart business move because they get that momentum from the success they had elsewhere to come into NXT and hopefully blow that up for them.
4: But I mean, you're you're talking about here. I mean, the guys on the indies and and the whole homegrown thing. I mean, is is John Cena homegrown?
2: Um. Uh, yeah, you, that, that's a good point. <laughs> it's, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, to no, you John, you make an excellent point. It's, yeah, John it's Cena got
4: into the business pre WWE. You know, he, right. uh, um I, I think it's no different than it. I mean, other than the indies being more visible now because of the internet age we're in, it's no different than I think previously where guys who are you know they they, they take people from scratch. Right. Um, you know, you think of Kurt Angle or The Rock from previous eras, and then they take guys from other aspects. And it's not like I mean uh impact and ring of honor are, ne- are, are international companies but they're not on the level that wcw was
2: um, right so right i mean roman reigns also did the indies too you know and very little people know that but you know it's same same you know same
3: idea
4: yeah it's cultivating wrestling talent but i mean WWE is the place where you're going to have the most visibility in the world
3: the homegrown talent that um i don't know you might have missed connor i think the most successful one that was kind of created in that performance center, I think, is Charlotte, wouldn't you say?
2: Oh, yeah. No, I, I – well, I, I thought Charlotte – well, I think Charlotte dipped her toe in some wrestling – well, no, she didn't. That's right. Yeah, it, it's hard to say, like, realistically, like, if – bringing in people who have had like bigger exposure on the indie scene or, or wherever else is is detrimental but I mean I, I think it really boils down to the specific person I think it's a case-by-case basis really but yeah you're right I, I think if we're looking at that in that perspective yeah I think Charlotte <laughs> I think Charlotte blows that one out of the water absolutely yeah. then
4: I, I, then you look at I mean somebody like somebody that that me and me and Michael know well uh, Sasha banks she was on the Indies um, before but I would I would hundred percent call her WWE homegrown because she developed this persona and everything that she is now she developed it at the pc Uh, even though she did work indies um before it wasn't like she was a household name on the indies right right
3: but i mean at the same point you know you had a guy like uh nakamura in developmental what's called developmental for a year i mean i wouldn't call him a a homegrown talent by any means. I'm not sure why he was there for a year. I mean, people will say that he is acclimating himself to living in the United States, but what's a guy... I mean, I, I talked to somebody and they told me that he was going to class every day. Like, what, this guy's main evented for years he was in the tokyo dome in front of fifty thousand people and he and he's and he's going to to class every day with with guys like baron corbin and stuff like that it's it just didn't make any sense to me why he was down there for year. i guess maybe i'm getting away from the point a little bit here but uh i had i had to bring up my boy nakamura (laughs) brian
2: i love nakamura love nakamura
3: yeah he's gonna i think hopefully he's gonna do big things because uh i made a bet i don't know if i actually bet anything brian but we talked about this prediction yes i said he was main eventing wrestlemania 34 i said this a year ago oh wait wait, wait. we should we we, this needs to become a bet this needs to become a bet so what 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 (laughs) can i bet Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) you get to you get to vote me off the podcast brian Is is that what you want (laughs) <laughs>
0: i
4: don't know it Depends on who, if the person who replaced you would do all the work you do <laughs>
3: uh, uh, we'll, have, we'll have to we'll have to workshop that a little bit uh but yeah nakamura main event i heard i heard rumblings brian i heard rumblings possibly nakamura versus cena at wrestlemania that could be a main event be,
4: no, I, no, we're not playing this a main event game you said main event <laughs> Me, main event goes on last <laughs> there's like five main events pal
3: <laughs> it definitely could main event it could be that you know,
4: it, it's funny we bring up we bring up Wrestlemania though right and we're talking about Nakamura here and that was kind of I, I was going to one of our earlier points we were talking about it being the third brand they're not all of a sudden just gonna start throwing NXT matches on, on the Wrestlemania card like they do Raw and Smackdown matches
2: yeah, no. I, when you were saying like the the third brand comparison, I do I do agree. Like in the sense of like it's not, it's clearly not on equal footing with with Raw or SmackDown because if it was, then you know the, then they wouldn't have treated when Kevin Owens came up with the belt. You know, what I mean it would have it would have had that grandiose or more. Not that there's not prestige with the NXT Championship, but you kind of got that feeling when he came up to the main roster, like okay. He's the NXT champion. He's here versus, you know, lower down versus compared to everybody else. Like you, you, you kind of got that sense in some regards. I mean, there's no, it's no disrespect to that, but there was kind of like a clear hierarchy.
1: So I yeah, I great. think I think it's
4: clearly, and they want it to be. It's the stepping stone to WWE. I think I think the marketing is that come see this this show because you're gonna come see the next guy who who's gonna be the top guy in WWE.
3: So, speaking of that, who do you think has been maybe the biggest disappointment to come from n x t to go to the main roster? Brian, what do you think about that? you got anyone in mind
4: Ooh, that's i mean
3: that's a tough because one. disappointments
4: <laughs> are a
2: broad that's a broad definition because it depends on what like if you're talking like the expectation of what they were in NXT to what they or what they accomplished in NXT compared to what they accomplished in WWE. It's
4: be Bo Dallas, right? I mean
2: I would think Bo Dallas. I think uh, there's a couple, I think Vaughn I don't the think they didn't the, I, I, the ascension. I think
4: I, think I would go with Bo Dallas. I mean Bo Dallas was uh, the NXT champion. I think a guy they were clearly very high on and he was brought up didn't do a whole lot. Got a comedy gimmick. Didn't do a whole lot. Got another comedy gimmick. Got arrested, and now you you barely see him.
2: I mean, you just have to believe. That's all. <laughs> you sure do. Uh, what about Tyler Breeze? I mean, he's getting a push now with uh, Zongo and the Fashion Police
3: yeah they they spent all that time developing the character in nxt that's what that's what nxt's for right and then they had they did the gimmick for a little while and then kind of yeah he fell off the map and now he's back doing the fashion thing i i I guess maybe not the biggest disappointment i think i think you might have mentioned it connor the ascension who were like the end all be all as far as tag teams and nxt yeah they were the longest reigning nxt tag team champions
2: i think at the time Another one that pops up that's kind of on the same line with Bo Dallas is Adam Rose.
4: Oh, yeah, that is a good one.
3: There you go. You might you might have hit it there in the head (laughs) (laughs) because that was I remember that was like a sensation. I remember you know loving the song, loving the whole deal, watching NXT.
2: Super over, yeah, he was super over in NXT, and uh, it's really funny when you go back and watch his stuff in NXT. If you look at the Rosebuds and you can point out who's who, like oh, there's Simon Gosh, there's like, like oh my God, the Stroman one, Brian. I nearly peed my pants. I was laughing so hard because I watched it right after the ambulance thing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really funny. The like, of course, friends of ours have been Rosebuds as well, Brian. Sean Burke, who was on the podcast last week, we talked to Sean Burke about his. Leaving wrestling, he was a a rosebud as well. So everyone, I think, who's been to TV has been a rosebud, right, Brian? Not you.
4: (laughs) Not me, no. I was
3: was about to ask Brian if he had been. No, no. The the,
4: the NXT and all that stuff came after my days of going to TV.
3: (laughs) So earlier, guys, I mentioned Hideo Itami. Of course, he's kind of dealt with the injury bug in NXT, Uh, I would say I would classify him as kind of a a disappointment so far. I mean, really, through no fault of his own, but it's really been a tough going for him. And of course, NXT takeover coming up uh, in just about two weeks, May twentieth in Chicago, and it's going to be Hideo Itami versus Bobby Roode, and hopefully, he can kind of get back on track and maybe make something happen here. But Hideo Itami has kind of had a rough path here so far. What do you think, Connor?
2: Yeah, it it stings because he. I feel like it got kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit because I think he came in. I don't know if it was the same time as Finn Bauer or right around the same time, but I felt like he was before. kind of lost in the. Sh- yeah, he was. I felt like he was lost in the shuffle of a lot of guys coming in NXT at the same time, but he was just starting to get some traction. I think he came back at. Uh, I can't even remember which Takeover now. There's been so many of them. Uh, but he was he was like they were teasing a feud with him and Aries. And I'm like, oh, that that was that was gonna be that was gonna be some good stuff. And then he got re injured. So and then he was like. I think it was in the Dusty uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, and just there were a lot of like opportunities back when there was a lot of you know when NXT still had like a good like chunk of real you know talent as far as like up and down the roster that you could really have some fun with. Not that he couldn't still have any with them now, but it, it is a little disheartening because you're like, oh well, this this match got taken away, or this opportunity got taken away, or he could have done you know X, Y, and Z. Um, regardless though, I'm I'm looking forward to him and Rude. I think that match is going to tear the house down.
3: What about a guy like Sami Zayn who of course was a champion in NXT, he's come to the main roster, I mean he's had some great matches, but he hasn't been slotted, you know, near the top of the card like his, like his buddy Kevin Owens. Uh would you consider Sami Zayn a disappointment in WWE, Brian?
4: No, I I don't I don't think so at all. I think I think Sami Zayn is carving out a hell of a career for himself and probably a guy who's going to be there for a long time. I mean, do I think he'll ever be maybe a, the main event guy? Will he be the the champion? I don't know, but I could see Sami Zayn as a guy that is there for a decade and just has great matches and is always in the hunt for one of the secondary championships and
3: that's a pretty damn good career.
2: I think him going to Smackdown was the smartest thing they could have done for him.
3: Yeah, definitely. Of course he speaks a couple languages too, which doesn't hurt. I mean, he was over in uh India, uh, as part of their expansion over in India. So, I mean, that's going to probably keep him in good favor for uh, quite a long time here. Uh, so, let's talk about NXT going forward. We talked a little bit about the past. As I said, we're kind of uh, trying to figure out what's going on here with the NXT roster. So, who do you think, Connor, on the roster right now, they could push the top that would kind of make a difference here for NXT?
2: I don't know. I got my eye on Roderick Strong. Yeah, I think I don't know I don't know if you guys have seen this, but they, they did like these two last two weeks. They did like a kind of like a uh, a video package showing like a, like a synopsis, like a quick like 10 minute synopsis each week of like almost his, his whole life. More or less. It was like a mini biography. And it, it really kind of helped you get like I didn't even know that stuff about him. I didn't like I didn't know like all the like the the, the hardships he went through. And it, it really made you kind of like get behind it. Like I could feel like like getting behind him a little bit more. And I think that. Because he has the following two. I think he could be a huge game changer, but he's kind of the big one that I could think of just right off the top of my head is is definitely Roderick Strong so well, so far. And then I think McIntyre is also going to be... I think McIntyre's just a matter of time.
3: Right, yeah. The Roderick Strong pieces have been extremely good. I don't know if you've seen them, Brian, but uh, you really should go out of your way to take a look at those if you haven't.
4: All right, thanks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the other <laughs> other name I was going to mention too was Alistair Black, uh, Tommy End.
3: Oh, I think yes. I think
2: his entrance alone is just on un- it's it's the most metal thing I've ever seen.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think he definitely has a place uh, near the top of the card for NXT. Uh, I think, Brian, I might know who you might say that they could push to make a difference right now in NXT. What do you what, what, see? See if I'm right here.
4: Well, you know, I think Riddick Moss has just what it takes, man. To uh, to just (laughs) what? No, no, Riddick Moss fans.
2: (laughs) The name Uh, lights Riddick Moss.
4: I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're going to be right here. I I would say Cassius Ono.
3: Oh, I I was, I was going to go with uh, Oni Larkin.
4: Well, uh, you know, I didn't want to seem completely biased. um, Okay, (laughs) but I mean, I think he's a guy who can make an impact right away. I think, I think Cassius Ono is the guy in there he's a guy who i i was in the ring with uh you know within the last six eight months or so and name dropper (laughs) yes no i i'm sorry that's not true i wrestled chris hero Oh, um, <laughs> I
2: see. Yeah, two totally different people, Brian.
4: Yes, but I, I I think once they figure out the gear situation a little bit for Cassius Hono, but no, I, I think he's a guy who can make an impact. I do think that Oney Lorcan uh, is going to be somebody who, when given the proper opportunity, is going to explode for them. I really do. And for as much as has been made about the name... I think the name is actually going to be uh, a very positive thing. It's a very, it's very memorable. I think it's going to be very marketable for them. And and I think once given the proper opportunity, and and he continues to shine. Um, you know, I'm just going to call him Biff Busek. I feel weird calling him on. <laughs> <or. laughs>
2: I saw him. They featured him a couple of times on NXT, obviously, but they also saw him on 205, which was like, whoa. And he did some like, I, I obviously I've seen his stuff beforehand, but it was just like, holy crap. So I could I could see him definitely making some some waves soon
4: of of the guys that i've come along with or been around to the level I, I, i've been around biff legitimately the smartest guy that i've been around the the only one i, I would think even rivals him a little bit is probably die jack mm-hmm. but biff music is just a smart smart guy he's gonna figure it out he will figure out a way to get an opportunity, capitalize on it, and make a star out of himself. I have absolutely no doubt about
3: it. I mean, right now they're using him to basically, you know, get people over and and make them look good, and he's great, absolutely fantastic at doing that. But, yeah, I think eventually they have to move him up the card and give him an opportunity to shine on his own. So, Brian, I didn't get it right, uh, your answer to the last question, but I think I might know this one actually... Who could they pull from outside of NXT, bring them in, and have them make a difference for the product?
4: <laughs> well, I, I probably should be careful with these answers. Oh,
0: boy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, I, yeah, I mean, I think DiJack's a guy. Donovan DiJack. Did I say that correctly? Is Todd Sinclair going to be okay with that pronunciation?
3: Probably won't be, but go ahead.
4: <laughs> but I think, I think he's somebody who they can pull off the indies to make a big impact. I think uh, War Machine is some as a team they could bring in, and the, you hear the constant rumors of Adam Cole. Is he going to be a guy who who shows up there ultimately? I, I, again, I don't know contract statuses or, or what's happening, but uh, of the rumored names, um, i I think Adam Cole has to be the one where if they were to get Adam Cole, I think I think strap a rocket to him, sort of thing, you know.
3: I know, um, Connor, you just put a video out about this just a couple of days ago, right, about Adam Cole? Yeah, I basically just put it out because
2: there was rumors going around that he was that he was going down there and it, those rumors kind of quieted down a little bit but now they're stirring right back up because apparently and supposedly, i got to get my, you know, <laughs> You gotta be all respectful here. Uh, supposedly his contract's up in Ring of Honor, so we there. There's a chance he could go. I mean, they, WB's been scooping talent left and right lately, as far as from Ring of Honor and elsewhere. So I, I think when he comes in, that's gonna be a big deal. I mean, it could could even happen as soon as uh, the next takeover, which apparently is almost on a weekly basis now. But yeah, they, I mean, we, could, <laughs> we we could see him at uh, Takeover Chicago. That's that's what's been uh, that's the word going around right now on on the dirt sheets. So. I mean, he's
4: he's 27 already, and a three-time Ring of Honor World Champion. I, I think Adam Cole is destined to be a gigantic star in pro wrestling. I think he's the when you think of the guys and you think of like the lineage of Ring of Honor to WWE and the guys that have gone on to just you know monumental success there. I I think I think Adam Cole could fall right in line with a Daniel Bryan with a with a Seth Rollins, you know, guys of that ilk. I think he can be right there uh, and be a guy who goes from uh, being the top dog in ring of honor to being the top dog in WWE someday.
2: I definitely
3: agree with that. All right. Well, speaking of top dogs, let's talk about Bobby rude. He is the current NXT champion. Connor, how do you feel they've done so far with Bobby rude? Love it. I love it. I was a little I, I wasn't sure what they were gonna
2: do with him, and I I was kind of a little surprised how quickly they put him into the main picture scene. But at the same time, the music alone right. got him over <laughs> so much. Like oh they my, are so like,
4: freaking good with that.
2: <laughs> it was nuts. Like I was like, and and I know this is obviously something that I'm sure everyone said before, but I mean, just everything about him is. I wanna say it's a ripoff, but an homage to Ric Flair. I mean, the 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 between the the gimmick, the the robe, the music, just the entire like package. Fantastic. I love Rude's work. I've loved his work before in, in, in TNA Impact Wrestling. And but at the same time, I was just kind of shocked that they they elevated him so quickly, but I'm not I'm not complaining by any means whatsoever. And it's interesting because they gave him the placeholder for the top tier after Nakamura. That's a tough act to follow because Nakamura had such like huge momentum when he came in. I was actually there when Nakamura debuted. I was at the takeover in Dallas and the crowd was cheering his music and saying, this is awesome. And he hadn't even stepped in the ring yet. And that's just like, I don't, you don't see that really any nowadays. So, uh, that's a, that's a tough, like, that's a tough act to follow. But I think rude's doing a great job of eating that like cocky, arrogant, like I'm better than you. I'm glory. Like the, the whole thing. I'm just a huge fan of.
4: You know, it's funny. Everybody gives WWE credit for, oh, look what they're doing with these guys. And and TNA couldn't do it with them. And you, when you look at Rude or even on the on the main roster, AJ Styles, and it's like, I don't know how smart are they really? Because if they were really that smart, wouldn't they have grabbed these guys like five years ago before they were pushing forty?
0: <laughs> yeah,
5: right. <laughs> I
4: mean, right. I mean, is that you know, is that like, uh, I don't know. If they were. I mean, if they were truly, truly smart, they would have snagged these guys long before then and and made them stars.
2: I think it was a different mindset, too. I think that they, you know, I mean, NXT's just been around, like, 2012. This version of NXT, I should say, has been around since 2000. I think their mindset as far as what they look... Samoa Joe is a perfect example of this. Like, uh, and Owens, too, to some degree. They they are not what what I would think or what has been told as far as what WWE looks for in a talent, at least what they used to look in a talent. Now... I think the doors are wide open. I mean, think of what they've done in the last like year. The cruiserweight classic, a whole a whole show about cruiserweights, where they killed the division. You know, five years ago before that, and then now they're doing. A, they did a UK tournament. They're doing a Mike, women's Mike, tournament. Mike
4: Crockett would argue they're still killing the cruiserweight division.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's another. That's an. That's another podcast episode for sure. Um, but they're they're definitely opening the doors in a lot of ways, and it's and it's really cool. It's it's a great opportunity for. A lot of guys to get a lot of exposure in one way, shape, or form, in a, in a huge platform. So I think, I, I think it's just that it's a much, you know, much different mindset and a much different um, strategy as far as their talent development. Absolutely.
3: All right. So we talked about the men. Let's talk about the women. Uh, a big part of NXT has been the women's division. And uh, now, of course, Asuka, the women's champion, uh, for a long time now i don't have the exact number but many many days uh she's surpassed goldberg's streak from what i understand in terms of in terms of victory she's undefeated what do you think the state of the women's division is right now i mean in the wake of all those talents going to the main roster now you got Asuka, you got your peyton royces and all this stuff uh brian what do you think is kind of the state of the women's division right now in nxt
4: I mean, I think it's solid. I don't think it's as as steep a drop as a lot of people have claimed. I think they just happen to have, you know, before just four really extraordinary talents that just all happen to come in at the same time or be around the same place at the same time. Um, but I think overall, the, the women's division looks pretty solid. Um, I think Asuka is clearly the class of the division, but uh, Ember Moon has established herself. Uh, and, and, uh, I think, uh, what I've seen of Nikki cross so far has, has, been very good. And then, um, familiar with, uh, Ruby riot and Kimberly from the Indies. And I think they got some depth there now. Um, you know, I think, th- I think they got a good thing going. I, I'd, I, don't know if it's quite the, everybody quite has the ceiling that, uh, of a Sasha or a Charlotte or a Becky Lynch, but, uh, I think they got some good depth there right now.
3: What do you, you Connor? Is the sky falling for you with the women's division? No,
2: I, I think that it's definitely like the rude Nakamura situation that I mentioned earlier. In terms of, that's a tough act to follow because, like Brian said, you had Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, and Bailey all at the same time. I mean, Bailey stuck around a little bit longer, but not not too much longer. I mean, she was only there for I think another year or so, and then she was off and running too. So it's just a matter of rebuilding the 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 characters and getting their names out there and, and understanding who they are. I, and I definitely think the talent is there. And Brian just mentioned pretty much all the ones that I, I would have mentioned too, especially, you know, Kimberly, Ruby Riott, Nikki Cross, all those. I think they just need to kind of, Promote them more because you know, Asuka the current lo- not only is she the longest reigning women's champion, the you know, undefeated streak, all that, she's also the longest tenured women, woman wrestler there right now. So, of course, she has the the name recognition and she has that momentum behind her. So, it's just a matter of them getting the names and the characters and understand and getting you know, the audience acclimated with those other women. You know, they had the battle royal last night, and there was one woman who I didn't even know in there was I think her name was Victoria Gonzalez. I, I heard that's giant Gonzalez's daughter or something to that defect like she was, she was huge. And i didn't even no. I, I, i'm not ki- i'm not kidding that can't be true i'm not kidding oh my god
3: or at least they build her that way i don't, I don't know any case, why would you build her that way well wait, case, wait, wait I, I didn't see her in a, a full airbrush bodysuit so i don't believe you
5: one no, bit
2: no 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 that those, <laughs> those days are long gone but But in any case, Ventoria Gonzalez, I think was her name, but she was very tall and very solid. And like, I never heard of her before. And I'm like, why haven't they put the focus? Like, why haven't they given her a shot for whatever reason? They had 15 women in the Battle Royal. And realistically, I feel like they've only been showcasing maybe four or five of them outside of Asuka. So it's just a matter of just kind of, you know, getting that opportunity to get them out there and just get the fans acclimated to get with them, get their characters over and just giving them that chance. I think the talent's there, it just needs time to kind of just get them out into the spotlight.
3: Yeah, they definitely uh, and of course Asuka is the is the anchor of the division and uh they're doing another four-way at the NXT Takeover Chicago, Asuka versus Ember Moon versus Ruby Riot versus Nikki Cross, so another opportunity for them to show what they got there. But um, before we go, we, we really should talk about the tag team division, Brian. How have we gone this long with not talking <laughs> about Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa DIY?
4: <laughs> well, again, we're a little biased, uh, but uh, yeah, somehow we no.
3: managed it. <laughs> so, yeah, they, I mean, they've kind of had a hand in... Just basically re-educating people as far as tag team wrestling goes, them and, of course, the revival. So I I think tag teams, I mean, it was almost a a dead art. The whole thing of, you know, teasing a tag and that stuff was kind of done away with almost in WWE. But they've kind of brought it back. And uh, what do you think, Brian, of what they've been able to do with tag teams in NXT?
4: One of the, obvious I mean, the the Revival, what they done with the Revival was amazing, what they did with DIY was amazing, and what those teams in turn did for the Authors of Pain has been amazing. (laughs) Yes. But now, where do we go from here? You know, I think think Chicago, we're probably heading for one more DIY Authors of Pain match, am I correct in saying that? There is
3: actually a ladder match, yes. Okay. Oh, that's right, Um, yeah.
4: I, I, that's got to be, I think, the swan song for DIY and NXT, right? I, mean. I,
3: I, I don't know. That might be a spoiler, by the way. I, didn't, I just wanted to uh, – uh, I Oops. probably should have said that beforehand. But, uh, uh yeah, I, I would think that would be it for DIY. I mean, we've talked about before they were originally advertised as part of 205 Live, and they really never made their uh, first appearance there. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but they've done a great job.
4: They have, and, and now they, they're building up heavy machinery, and you know, I, I look at those guys, and, I, and I, think, I think it's great what they're doing, but uh, and, and Mike's, Mike's going to get about to get on me for it, but I feel like that's going to be another situation where they do the WWE thing of, hey, this fat guy's different. Oh, what the hell is this fat guy doing here? Hey, you know what's going to be a good gimmick? Let's make fun of this fat guy for being fat. <laughs> like, that's, oh, that's usually boy. the WWE way with fat guys.
3: Well, they like steaks and weights. I can't, I can't <laughs> wait for a steaks and weights t-shirt.
4: <laughs>
3: Brian's going to be first in line.
4: No, I just, I, I don't, you know, and they, and they even, I mean, they even did it with Kevin Owens a little bit at the beginning, but he just got so over that they, they, they went away from it. But I mean, look what happened with Bull Dempsey. I, I mean, it was, Hey, let's hire this fat guy. Cause he's different. And. Hey, well, hey, fat guy, what the hell are you doing here? Oh, you know what? This fat guy, he loves to eat and he can't control himself eating. Like, I think it's just. Uh,
2: Cliché and just unnecessary.
4: That's just what they do every time they have a fat yeah. guy. You yeah. I mean? <laughs> and now they have two fat guys. I mean, it's going to be like they'll be dressing up like Bastion booger in no time.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I the, the whole I love the heavy machinery gimmick. It screams 80s wrestling. Like, I, I don't know. If that's just me. Like, I, I love the thing. But I, I do worry
3: in the back of my mind that they're going to go that route, though they have to be commended brian i mean they haven't really brought that up when it comes to kevin owens on the main roster it it really doesn't they did come initially.
4: up initially they they did initially it was a randy orton promo where his weight was mentioned they zoomed in on some they were zooming in on signs in the audience referencing his weight a couple times yeah and they, then all of a sudden it just was dropped
2: too, yeah
4: and all of a sudden it was dropped and i think that was because they realized that they they really truly had a main event level talent there and but initially, yeah, it absolutely was happening. And if he didn't get over to the extent that he did, he would have become comedy fodder because of his weight. Hundred percent.
3: Well, Brian, you successfully derailed this conversation about NXT with your personal <laughs> agenda. <No. laughs> we We got to wrap this up. NXT. Do you think overall NXT? I mean, it's, I mean, it's really not even a question. But has NXT been a success overall, Brian?
4: Yeah, I think I think that resounding. Yes, I, I think it's far exceeded what they they could have ever imagined, and I, I think it's heading to the saturation point. Um, I, I think they're they're about to whore out the takeovers a little bit. You know, I, I'm a big fan of leaving stuff special, doing less of it, <laughs> making making them more more impactful and more meaningful. I hope they don't get to the point where they're where they're monthly filler for the network. But I also understand they have to fill the network with programming original original content, but I think without a doubt, NXT is a gigantic success for WWE. And 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 it will continue to be a, a gigantic success.
3: Connor, aka OK Fab. How you feeling about NXT going forward? I love it. I mean, I, I think
2: that I do agree with Brian about the oversaturation in some regards. But the one thing I do like about NXT is not just the fact that it's been a success. It's been a success in, I think. For the most part, multiple different facets, not just new talent, but creating like, you know, new programming platforms, opportunities, because it's not just a developmental for just, you know, in-ring competitors. It's a developmental for, you know, commentators, referees, stagehands, everything. So it's it's a chance for everybody to kind of get their foot in the door and really kind of also reshape, because I've heard the horror stories from... Uh, ovw and fcw as far as you know the good and the bad from there and it just feels like they just completely just like almost 180 the entire developmental process so um i think it's just been a success for you know multiple multiple aspects absolutely
3: and of course the next nxt is coming on may 20th that's a little less than two weeks away uh take over chicago bobby Roode on top against today with tommy And, of course, I mean, you can't go wrong. We've said it before, Brian. You can't go wrong with an NXT takeover. So uh, we'll check that out. We'll probably talk about that right here on the podcast. Uh, But Connor, a.k.a. OK Fabe, it has been a great time. It's been great having you here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Where are you one more time so everyone out there can follow you and see all of your great videos and all that stuff?
2: Sure. I'm absolutely, I'm pretty much everywhere. <laughs> the main area yes. is, uh, you is youtube.com slash okay. Faber, uh, Twitter at okay. where I live tweet during most of the major shows. I'm um, also on VidMe, but it's pretty much more or less the same content you guys are getting over on YouTube. Uh, so make sure you just check out the YouTube channel as well too. So those are pretty much the main two areas is YouTube, uh, over on uh, Twitter at okay. Also you can search for me on iTunes where all my major reviews are also there for audio download as well
3: all right that is tremendous uh thank you connor we'll let you get back to the family
2: absolutely thank you guys for having me always a blast thank you guys so much
3: and the uh, the baby's okay now
2: i think yeah
3: i yeah we'll go with that yeah she's okay. good <laughs> <laughs> fantastic thanks man thank you all right so brian before we go any further during the uh conversation with connor we talked about nakamura we talked about uh making an actual bet Will Nakamura, main event, WrestleMania 34. WrestleMania next year. Yeah, main event means close the show. That's what we're going to <laughs> go with, I guess. Okay, so what should the bet be? I, I kind of, uh, during the recording with uh, Connor, I kind of backed away from it a little bit, but I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's make an actual bet. You're going to commit. Yes. What is the bet going to be? What do you got?
4: I, I, I don't know. You sprung this on me. I haven't had a chance to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll look to the people. What should the wager be?
3: Yeah, uh, tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter. Should there be a hashtag?
4: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, just hashtag WPAN. <laughs> yeah,
3: there you go. Hashtag WPAN. Uh, what should the bet be? What should I put on the line? What should the kingpit put on the line? If Nakamura gets in the main my my whole thing was Nakamura will be in the main event of WrestleMania next year. That's what I said the first time I saw him over a year ago at this point. And I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'll take the bet. Whatever the bet is, I'll take it. All right. So let us Let's know. I think it's something really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Give us your feedback, folks. Give us all the feedback right now at the WPAN on Twitter and every Thursday. We do something called Merv Griffin Time, a talkback segment where we interact with you, the listener. Use that hashtag WPAN, and you can give us your take on this week's episode. Let us know what you think the bet should be. If you agree or disagree with what we're talking about with NXT, uh, give it all to us at the WPAN. We will mention you. And your tweets this Thursday. Yes, every Thursday, it's a whole new episode of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. We call it the BDA Bonus Podcast. And now, along with our feedback segment, Merv Griffin time, and our heel Laugh Hall of Fame inductions, it is the new home of the Dirt Sheet Shuffle. Yes, That is also where we store all of our archived episodes of this podcast, and it's now all the way up to episode 44, I think. So it's all exclusively on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing feed on your favorite podcast platform, or you can get it all at BDARadio.com. But a way you can interact with us right here, right now on the NAI Network every week is through our voicemail line. Get your voicemails in. We will play them on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And Brian, as I mentioned last Thursday, we've got a star-studded edition of the voicemail segment. All right. Let's get to it.
1: Hello. uh, This is Todd Sinclair. I am on location in beautiful Bloomington, Minnesota. I am at the Mall of America on a quest to find Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania. I've been looking for two hours, and I can't find anything. Um, but I just want to call you guys this week because last week's episode was really good. Uh, that stuff's not easy to talk about. I give you guys a lot of credit. Um, it's, you know, to share that stuff with, with the world is, like I said, it's not easy. And uh, it was a really, really good episode, so I want to give you guys the a, a thumbs up there. Uh And I also want to, for Crockett, uh, my buddy Michael, uh I want to just call in and, and, and give you a little praise. Um, for me, in my opinion, you're the best referee that hasn't been featured on a national scale, by far, by far, absolutely. Um, it sucks, you know, I understand the confidence thing and stuff, and it sucks that you didn't pursue it harder than, than you should have, in my opinion. Um, I remember you told the story where we were outside the ring uh, at the WWE uh, during the day, at the WWE matches, and even I was trying to nudge you to get the hell in there. You just wouldn't do it. Um, But I just wanted to give you that because because you really are uh, one of the best referees I've ever seen, and I think guys that have uh, been in the ring with you would would say that too. So uh, keep it up. Thank you. Uh, God bless you, and bye for now.
3: Well, that's very nice.
4: Oh, look at that. Oh, Mike, are you crying? Uh, this is a little misty. <laughs> You're very emotional these days.
3: <laughs> <laughs> ROH Senior Official Todd Sinclair, I really appreciate uh, your... Your thoughts. And this is, of course, regarding the episode two weeks ago at this point. I think he, rec- he recorded this after we recorded last week. Yes. Bro- so, broken Bones
4: or Broken Dreams, Broken Hearts. What, what yes. Do we call episode it? <laughs> 53
3: of the podcast, which right now is our most popular podcast ever. And I really appreciate you guys uh, supporting it and, you know, getting into our uh devastating uh tales <laughs> <laughs> our tales of woe um uh, uh, it's good that some good came out of it and i mean uh, there's still good coming out of it for you you're uh gonna be doing more stuff with ring of honor which is fantastic and of course todd is the senior official of ring of honor so uh i really appreciate his thoughts about uh you know my refereeing i mean yeah i guess maybe some opportunities missed there <laughs> we had no opportunities wasted but uh, I, I i guess i may have uh, Wasted some opportunities hey, there. We all have, buddy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I really appreciate Yeah. Go back and check out episode 53 if you haven't already. That is the Broken Hearts, Broken Dreams on the NAI Network. Uh, everyone's saying basically the best episode that we've done. And I think we agree.
4: I agree too. Yeah. I think it was a, my favorite episode we've certainly ever done. So,
3: yeah. All right. And we're going to do more things like that. We're going to continue to Bear pull back souls. the curtain. <laughs> yes. We're going to continue to do that stuff. So, uh, Let's get on to our next voicemail. This is regarding last week's podcast, our interview with Flex Rumble Crunch, better known to us as Sean Burke. All right, let's hit this.
0: Hey, this is City Buckabel. Use this however you want it. The Tennessee two-step is when a uh, in a tag team match, the babyface does a drop down, then the other babyface gets in there, so the heels jumping over both of them. Uh, do, run, they run the rope a couple. run the ropes a couple of times and then all of a sudden the other heel gets in there and starts uh, jumping over the baby face as well, while they're still just laying down. And then all of a sudden, if comedy is right, then the heels collide into each other and powder out of the ring. This has been your wrestling lesson. Have a great day.
3: <laughs> I think that is that the real Sidney Bacabella. Might, I
4: think that's the real Sydney Bacabella.
3: The manager of Max Smashmaster, former manager of Flex Rumble Crunch. Yes,
4: he, he texted me what, what it was, and I asked him to give us a call into the... Uh, the WPAN uh, voicemail line and give it to us so we could share it with the with the with the world Mike
3: wait Sydney Blackbelt has a cell phone He's like an old school manager.
4: Well, it was uh, you know AOL Instant Messenger. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah, we actually talked about this on Thursday as well on the BDA Bonus Podcast, the Tennessee Two Step, the big mystery behind that, which uh, Sean Burke talked about his first match. I thought it was just a rib, they, where they would give him this crazy name for a spot, and he'd be like, "What? What? What?" And like, no, just just kidding. No. Just
4: sheer panic.
3: Yeah, but apparently there actually is a Tennessee Two Step where the Two heels are in the ring, and the baby face is. I mean, Sydney, I guess, uh, spelled it out for you there, but uh, it, it ends up with the two heels colliding, and the baby face makes the big hot tag, and they're off to the races. How
4: about that?
3: <laughs> How about that? But they, uh, there is a Tennessee two step, which uh, was amazing to me. All right, let's get on to our final voicemail. We got three big voicemails goodness this week. Goodness gracious. And there's nothing on the line. There's no t shirt, no wow. t shirt available to these people, and they're just doing it out of the goodness of their heart. <laughs> All right, let's take a listen to our last voicemail this week.
5: Fellas, love the show. Just wanted to comment on the Sean Burke episode. I started going to Chaotic back in 2014, and he was one of the first guys I saw. Um, Really impressed me in the ring. Sad to see his career get cut short, but healthy lifestyle is way more important. And I had a quick question for you as well. I was wondering your thoughts on guys that are using the same moves in WWE, uh, one example would be uh, the swing blade that Finn Balor uses as well as Seth Rollins. I don't remember Rollins using it before Balor showed up. And also A.J. Styles and Ty Dillinger with the tiebreaker. It looks like Dillinger kind of changed it up a little bit since he came up to the main roster. But just kind of curious your thoughts on guys in general using the same moves when they're in the same same company, same program, same show. Uh, keep up the good work, fellas. Mike already checking out.
3: Mike Dirty, a celebrity in his own right. Yeah. <laughs> One of the uh, superstars calling the voicemail line. What do you think, Brian? Have you encountered this on the independent level in terms of two guys using the same move on the same show and what happens there?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen like an incident um, over it or anything like that, but I mean, I, I've seen it. I mean, it, in my mind, it's definitely something you want to avoid. I mean, it's definitely strange with Seth Rollins and Finn Balor both using the Sling Blade and both being main event level performers and... So for two guys to have two signature move or a signature move that's the same for both is very unusual. And I'm surprised that WWE allows it, to be honest with you. Usually something like that, especially something signature, uh, you would typically want to be exclusive to one guy or the other so that they could market that. Yeah, I mean, I, there's, there's only so many things you can do in a pro wrestling ring. There's only so many things you can innovate. There's only so many ways you can be creative. But yeah, you want to avoid that stuff when possible. I would suspect at some point that either that move is going to be Finn Balor's or Seth Rollins. And the same same thing with Ty Dillinger and AJ Styles, although I think in that case, AJ Styles might win out. um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's something you want to avoid when possible.
3: I think what happened is that Finn Balor started doing it in NXT, and then Seth Rollins started doing it in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what happened. I, I think, yeah, when you're a new guy coming into – we're we're independent guys. If a new guy coming into an independent promotion does like I, – I was going to say super kick, but that's kind of almost Everybody's like super like a body slam these days. But if he was doing like a sit-out powerbomb – in other independents, and he came in to a promotion, and there was already a guy doing a set-out power bomb. he would probably acquiesce to the guy that's been there longer. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's kind of how it would work. Just, yeah. And, and if he didn't know that the other guy did it, and he did it anyway he would probably hear about it from the guy that's established (laughs) in that promotion, I would think. And it probably wouldn't happen again. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of the way that goes down there. And thank you very much to everyone who called the voicemail line, uh, our star-studded voicemail line. Keep it going, folks. We really appreciate your contributions here to the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Call right now before you forget. Become a part of the WPAN. 401-584-9726. Thanks very much. All right, Brian. It is time for your promo about nothing. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean? BDARadio.com. What does the BDA stand for? Billy Digs Up the Alliance? (laughs) The news came out this past week, Brian, that Billy Corgan, the Smashing Pumpkins frontman who failed to land Impact Wrestling, has now purchased the rights to the NWA. Uh, It's kind of like striking out with Mae Young and then settling for her hand. Oh, come on. Well, not her own hand. It's the hand that she (laughs) gave birth to. Come on. Those are the jokes, people. It's vile. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I'm not a stand-up comic, Brian. I'm I'm just trying here. (laughs) Speaking of standing, what BDA Radio really stands for is the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDAradio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. And that's BWA, not NWAradio.com. BWA? What the hell's BWA? Oh, B- Did I say BWA? You said BWA. That's BDA, <laughs> not NWAradio.com. All right, we'll uh, take that out in post. Probably not, though. All right, Brian, the year 2002. So, this is post the whole WCW shutdown and such and buyout. We're going to XPW. Oh Boy. Extreme Pro Wrestling, founded by a uh, a man, Rob Black, who is a uh, involved in the pornography industry in California. Oh, is this
4: the one, like, uh, like Jasmine St. Clair was ultimately, like, involved in? And yeah. And a couple of uh, Lizzie Borden. Yes. Okay. Yes.
3: So, uh... After, of course, WCW shut down, uh, a lot of talents were dispersed all over the nation in independence. And one of them was Juventud Guerrera. Juvie. The Juice. <laughs> and we're, Brian, going to hear all about The Juice. I don't know if we're going to get through all of this. Oh, boy. But we, we're going to hear all about The Juice in various forms and fashions right here in this week's promo about nothing.
0: Finally, the Jews has come back to Philadelphia! You have heard that before? What the juice is good. You think have heard all that before? Ubitu Guerrera. This is a pleasure for the Jews to be in a juicy house. So tonight XPW has been doing the best decision ever to bring the youth to the juicy house. What? what Say it. Shut up. Shut up. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you again. Fuck you twice. You don't get tired? So suck my dick. <laughs> you of gibboni and march what kind of what kind of respect is that you gotta respect not the best one not the great one you gotta respect the juicy one God. i knew he you know would why? say that because he's all about the jews baby and the jews is loose <laughs> and the juice is on the loose. <laughs> you know, I see a lot of, a lot of jabronis, a lot of jokers in the back trying to get a match with the Jews. I don't see any good talent in this building. What are you talking about? Maybe because they're from Philly. Whoa.
4: Oh.
0: I don't know. So I even see a Chris Chari a Chris Jabroni Chari. Oh, come on, bro. Let have a match with the Jews. I know he's the best. I want to learn from him. What the hell is that? You have got to be kidding fuck me. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Who does this guy think he is? Fuck you. fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Who gave him the microphone? I said, fuck you, son of a god! <laughs> Heat. Language. You want some of this? You want some juicy, juicy, juicy juice? No, thank you. I know, lady. You know the juice. You're the best. I love you. You see? There's some real good, juicy people in this town. Not like all you suckers! What the hell is a juicy person? It's okay. I'm getting tired of all you suckers. So let's have some juicy action. The best action, The non-stop action with the juice man.
3: What's his nickname? Um, I think it's the Starburst. <laughs> the juice is loose. Good Lord, that's the
4: that's the most I, like if you take all the times I've heard the word juice combined in my <laughs> life, I think that I think that just doubled it.
3: <laughs> what the juice are you talking about? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> you're juicy, you're not a juicy person, Brian. You're not juicy at all.
4: I, you know what's funny? I, I love the "fuck you,
3: son of a gun."
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you gotta curtail, yeah. You can't have too much cursing. You gotta keep keep he it dro- good for the kiddies. Drops kitties. the
4: king of all, uh, you know, of four letter words, and then cleans up, <laughs> sob. All right. Uh, as we, I, have- I, I, I've told a story on this podcast, but I saw the demise of. Uh, of Juventud Guerrera in WWE uh, at the first television uh, I ever did for them.
3: Yeah, tell that again.
4: So, yeah, we were backstage. I forget who he wrestled, um, but he came back and asked for was, feedback. Was, from, was the
3: juice loose? <laughs> the juice was loose. And on the loose.
4: <laughs> he asked for feedback from uh, from Nova, and Nova gave it to him. He didn't like it, and he looks at us and goes, well, he shouldn't have asked me if he didn't want the truth. Me <laughs> me, and me. It was me and uh, Warbeard. And then we saw several of the road agents pull aside the other two Mexicos uh, psychosis and super crazy, and try to – Talk to them to talk some sense into Juventud Guerrera. And I, I want to say within a week or two after that, he was fired from WWE. They let the juice loose. <laughs> they
3: certainly did. <laughs> yeah. uh, as we sit here on the Juicy House with all the ju- <laughs> you seem like a juicy person brian i'm not a juicy person no, at not all. at all no not at all yeah so this pro <laughs> what do you think about starting off uh just the direct ripoff of the rock
4: but he started that in wcw yeah yeah he did that in wcw obviously it's it's stupid i guess it's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek but i don't know it just doesn't no come across just, well no not at all it doesn't even come because ac- he like he's doing the exact same thing so it's not even coming across like he's trying to mock it or do something a little fun with it he's just doing the routine <laughs>
3: Yeah, and uh, the juice says... I don't know what the juice says. Well, the juice says, fuck you, basically. (laughs) (laughs) That's about it. You son of a gun.
4: Yeah, that promo
3: sucked. (laughs) (laughs) That's the uh, XPW. XPW, Extreme Pro Wrestling.
4: I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're out of business. Yes, they are. (laughs) Uh,
3: If you want to see the video, check out the description of this episode on the New Age Insiders Network. It's right there for you. And Brian... You're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler. And it's time, Brian. Oh, it's time. It's juicy time.
4: <laughs> you got your dates? I got dates, Mike. So, this Wednesday night, as we talked about already, but I don't know, maybe that was on the Facebook Live I talked about it. But, anyways, this Wednesday night, I'll be heading to Chunky's in Nashua for chaotic wrestling chaoticwrestling.com for all the details Uh, Saturday night I'm heading up to Westbrook, Maine for Limitless Wrestling and get your tickets ahead of time for this one, Paul London's there Uh, Colt Cabana's there, the Kingpin's there Find Limitless Wrestling on, so, on, on all social media platforms and get your tickets in advance because they do sell out. Uh, June 2nd, I'll be heading to lovely Fall River, Massachusetts, the PAL Hall for top Row promotions, uh, com for tickets, and find uh, top row promotions on all your social media outlets. Uh, and I'll stop right there, Mike, because I feel like this podcast is going long. Maybe it just feels like that.
3: <laughs> it always feels like a <laughs> long time sitting here with me, does it not? Sure does. All right, before we get out of here, I just want to say, book in the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast, Mike Mills, who's giving us a hard time on Facebook Live earlier. Uh, but we love the podcast. Check out him, Doc Turner, Hardbody Harper, and all their hijinks. They're on Sundays. The Smoky Mountain Wrestling Show, approved by one Louisville slugger, Jim Cornette. And then Thursdays, it is the NWA wcw saturday night 605 show they review those each and every week so find booking the territory wherever you get your podcasts and then check in the boots at referee tony s at chip KCTB. ctb they do it every sunday talking the weekend wrestling find them itunes stitcher google play music wherever the podcasts are available they are there and welcome back to the hurricane rana they moved into the new studios in fall river Bobby Cruz's hometown and they are live 59 media studios. They do Facebook live every Wednesday night of the show. So make sure to find them on hurricane Rana wrestling podcast on Facebook or at the hurricane Rana on Twitter. And you can find them wherever podcasts are available. And of course, continue to listen to the New Age Insiders Network all week long. You got your DC and Doc Talk, your Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company, your Rant with Ant, your Late Night Liam, your Indie Pop, and I'm hearing rumblings. That the Inside Perspective will be returning this month. Whole new format. Hopefully they didn't boot Scotty Slade to the curb. We'll see if we see Scotty Slade coming up on the Inside Perspective. That's all on the NAI Network right here on this feed. Make sure to check it out. And if you want to support us, the best way to do so is buying our T-shirt on prowrestlingtees.com slash newageinsiders the Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt or you can go to our Facebook page facebook.com slash the WPAN hit that big blue shop now button it will take you directly to our shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. buy it put it on take a picture share it on Facebook share it on Twitter we really appreciate it thank you very much for everyone who is taking a look at the Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt okay we are back on Thursday for the WPAN BDA bonus podcast that is featuring the Dirt Cheat Shuffle each and every week. Search WPAN on your favorite podcatcher or go to BDARadio.com to hook up with that episode. Then you can join us back here next Monday on the New Age Insiders Network for episode 56 of the podcast. Until then, he is the kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks for nothing.